You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Satan is after you. He hates you. And even if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as a matter of fact, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he now hates you even more. And though he can't take you to hell because you know Jesus, he loved to mess your life up. God has provided a place. God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. From the very beginning, God said it's not good for man to be alone. The Lord created us to be in the company of others and to fellowship with one another. In today's message, Pastor Danny warns us of the dangers of trying to navigate life on our own. When we're alone, we're like a lone sheep that Satan is more than ready to destroy and devour. However, if we make it a point to be in the company of other believers, we find safety. God's people are our strength when we're weak, and they hold us accountable to the Lord. Now here's Pastor Danny with part two of his message, A Place of Refuge, from the book of Joshua, chapter 20. To every nation for all generations, together in love, we'll move mountains by Verse 1, then the Lord said to Joshua, tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge. As I instructed you through Moses, so that anyone who kills a person accidentally and unintentionally may flee there and find protection from the avenger of blood. An accident that you are a part of, and the person on the other end of the accident that you are a part of, they're dead. And even though you didn't mean to do it, Their family doesn't maybe believe that you didn't mean to do it, or they don't care. Verse 4, when he flees to one of these cities, he's to stand at the entrance of the city gate, state his case before the elders of that city. Then they are to admit him into their city and give him a place to live with them. If the avenger of blood pursues him, they must not surrender the one accused because he killed his neighbor unintentionally and without malice or forethought. He is to stay in that city until he has stood trial before the assembly and until the death of the high priest. That's interesting. Who was serving at the time. Then he may go back to his own home in the town from which he fled. So at the death of the high priest, and there's no explanation given as to why, but the death of the high priest means no more fear of death. So they set apart Kadesh in Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali. One of the side notes here. Every one of the cities of refuge, and there were six, is elevated. Shechem, in the hill country of Ephraim. Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. On the east side of the Jordan of Jericho, they designated Bezer, in the desert, on the plateau, in the tribe of Reuben. Ramoth and Gilead, in the tribe of Gad, and Golan, Golan, the Golan Heights. 
and Bashan in the tribe of Manasseh. Any of the Israelites or any alien living among them who killed someone accidentally could flee to these designated cities and not be killed by the avenger of blood prior to standing trial before the assembly. Numbers chapter 35 is a sister passage to this section in Joshua about cities of refuge. I just want to read a couple of verses from Numbers chapter 35. Hope you're paying attention. This is a Bible study. You've got to be alert. But if without hostility, the verses before talk about murder and the different ways you could have murdered someone. But if without hostility, someone suddenly shoves another or throws something at him unintentionally or without seeing him, drops a stone on him that could kill him and he dies, then since he was not his enemy, he didn't intend to harm him, the assembly must judge between him and the avenger of blood according to these regulations. The assembly must protect the one accused of murder from the avenger of blood and send him back to the city of refuge. Eventually, I think I'll get to using PowerPoint again, but you're blessed right now. You get to do what people have done for hundreds of years, thousands, not have access to PowerPoint. Let me give you the definition of refuge. Refuge, here it is. A shelter from pursuit or danger or trouble. A person or place offering this. A person, thing, or course resorted to in difficulties. Finally, any place inaccessible to your enemy. That's a great place to be. Six towns designated as cities of refuge, scattered throughout Israel. You know exactly where each city was? I'm not talking geography. Who actually lived there? The Levites. And that's significant for several reasons. Number one, the Levites had no earthly inheritance. Places like Joshua 18 verse 7 tells us that. God said to them, you have no earthly inheritance. I'm your inheritance. They were the ones who made up the priestly class. They were the Old Testament pastors, elders, leaders, right? Now, because they had no earthly inheritance, they were to be examples of and keep reminding even those that had an earthly inheritance that ultimately the Lord is our inheritance. Something else significant about the Levites, and I don't know if you know this, their heritage. They weren't chosen because they were the best in class. Far from it. You go back to Genesis chapter 49, and Jacob as an old man, Levi being one of Jacob's children, in that culture they had many wives, Jacob had two sons by one woman and a sister of theirs, Simeon, Levi, and Dinah. This is all important. In Genesis 49, in his dying days, Jacob speaks prophetically about his children. Chapter 49, verse 5, says some things not very nice. 
about Simeon and Levi. Here's what he says. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. They don't make good decisions. Let me not join their assembly. Now, why would Jacob say that? Well, you go back to Genesis chapter 34. In their travels, Jacob, his children, verse 1, now Dinah, that's Simeon and Levi's full-blood sister, the daughter of Leah, that she had born to Jacob, went out to visit the women of the land. When Shechem, son of Hamor, he's a Gentile, uncircumcised, when he, the ruler of the area, saw her, he took her and violated her. He rapes her. Let me summarize that chapter. Jacob and, of course, all of his kids are really bent out of shape. Dinah's been raped. But Shechem comes and he says, uh, and his dad comes with him, I know this was wrong, but, but I love her. I love her. You can write a blank check and we'll pay it. Just let me marry her. Well, Simeon and Levi come to dad and they say, no. They go to the people of Shechem and they say, it wouldn't be right for us to uh, enter into this kind of uh, family relationship with you, but we will do it under one condition. You see, we're circumcised. And if all your males will be circumcised, then we'll give Dinah, our sister, Jacob's daughter, to you in marriage. Well, buddy, it was love because they agreed to it. The whole town, all the males get circumcised. But Simeon and Levi have a plan. Within three days after all these guys are circumcised and they are hurting, Simeon and Levi come and with their swords, they kill every male, including Shechem, who raped their sister. They take all the women and children, kidnap them, take all the money and loot, everything, and and it went way overboard vengeance because of what had happened to their sister. That's their heritage. They were not goody two-shoes. They were evil. But then you go to Exodus, Exodus chapter 32, Moses up on the mount, receiving the Ten Commandments, and almost right after he left. Remember what happened? All the people, they say, where is this Moses? We don't know where he's going. Let's choose a new leader. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, the, his brother, takes their jewelry, jewelry, and according to Aaron, he throws it into the fire, and out comes this golden calf. Well, the Bible tells us that's not true. What happened was he fashioned the calf, and the people began to worship this golden calf while Moses is on the mountain. They began to indulge in pagan revelry. Moses comes down, and he sees what's going on. In Exodus chapter 32, verse 25 Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control and so become a laughing stock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance to the camp and he said, whoever's for the Lord, come to me. In other words, if you're willing to repent of this evil, turning away from God so quickly, acting like the world again, and all the Levites rallied to him. And he says to the Levites, 
go and stand for the Lord, and they have to go, and against their brothers, they have to take the sword. I know it sounds gruesome, but that's what happened. But they repented, and they were used to bring judgment on those who did not repent in the name of the Lord. And then God says to them through Moses, because you've taken this step, because you have repented, heartfelt, and taken a stand for the Lord, he has a special place for you now and a special calling for you and a special blessing for you. And they became the priestly line. But their history is anything but priestly, wicked, evil, vengeful. And so every city of refuge, guess who lived there? The Levites. Who better knows the grace and love and mercy of God better than the Levites? I don't know if you're aware, under the Old Testament law, even if you sinned unintentionally, you were guilty. Let me prove it. Go to Levi, Leviticus. Leviticus, chapter 4, verse 1. Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, when anyone sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands. Who are the cities of refuge for? Those that had done something unintentionally, and yet the avenger of blood is nevertheless after them. Pause. I'll come back to it. Verse 3, if the anointed priest sins, bringing guilt on the people, he must bring to the Lord a blood sacrifice. Chapter 4, Leviticus, verse 13, if the whole Israelite community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden, even though they're unaware of the matter, they're guilty. Verse 22, when a leader sins unintentionally, he's guilty. Blood sacrifice required. Individual member, verse 27 and following, blood sacrifice required. Ignorance is no excuse. When Eve, the first human being ever sinned, when she sinned, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14 tells us that she was deceived. She didn't know. The devil lied to her. She believed it. Nevertheless, she became a sinner. Romans 3.23, maybe you know it, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know that one. Do you know Romans 6.23? The wages of sin is death. Every one of us deserve to die. And every one of us need a place to run to. And every one of us have an avenger of blood after us. Satan is after you. He hates you. And even if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as a matter of fact, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he now hates you even more. And though he can't take you to hell because you know Jesus, he loved to mess your life up. God has provided a place. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son. I don't know if you noticed, everyone, I, I mentioned it, I think, when I was reading through Joshua chapter 20, all of the cities of refuge are elevated. The Talmud, which is the Jewish compilation of civil and religious law for the Jews. The Talmud tells us that uh, when God said in Deuteronomy that the, there be, are to be roads to all the cities of refuge. The Talmud tells us that when they made those roads, they made them twice as wide as the normal road. And they made sure that those roads were cared for better than any other roads. Easily visible, easily accessible. Romans says, you don't have to go up to heaven or down here. You don't have to do some great thing. The word is in your mouth. That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus, you'll be saved. We have a refuge. And isn't it interesting? At the death of the high priest, no more fear of death. Isn't that interesting? When the high priest dies, then you go, I don't have to worry about the avenger of blood any longer because the high priest is dead. What's the message there? Well, Hebrews lays it out pretty clearly. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Listen to this. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, Jesus, so that by his death... He might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For years I lived that way. I put in the eight track. It's a little box like this. Went into a big hole in your car, and I turned the James gang up. As loud as I can, or Three Dog Night, or Led Zeppelin, or if I was in a really dark mood, Black Sabbath. And all I would think about is party! And then occasionally there were those thoughts while Black Sabbath was playing because they sang about death. And I was so afraid to die. And thank God one day the hell was scared out of me. And I received Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget the first night I laid my head on the pillow after receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And since that time, I have never, ever feared death. But there's a second lesson here. Not only has God provided a place of refuge that everybody needs, There was no protection if anyone went outside the boundaries that God had set. Back in Numbers chapter 35, the sister passage to Joshua chapter 20, let me read you chapter 35 and down in verse 26. But if the accused ever goes outside the limits of the city of refuge to which he has fled, And the avenger of blood finds him outside the city. The avenger of blood may kill the accused without being guilty of murder. Now, I got to be quick on this one, but this is so practical. God has set the boundaries, and if you stay within the boundaries that he has set, you can be saved from the enemy. And the ultimate enemy 
Ultimate enemy is Satan. He's out to get us. He has the power of death. And you only escape that avenger of blood through Jesus. You go outside the boundaries, you're open prey to the enemy. Two very quick lessons there underneath that main point. One, Acts 4.12, there is no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. It is a narrow road. It is not all roads lead to God. One road leads to God. His name is Jesus. There is no other way to be saved. But with that, the place of protection, Old Testament is where the Levites live. Every city of refuge is where the Levites live. We are the New Testament Levites. 1 Peter chapter 2, you're a royal priesthood. And nobody knows the grace, mercy, love, forgiveness as those who know Jesus. And the safest place to be from the enemy who's still out to get you, especially because you know Jesus, is in fellowship. Jesus said to Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. You throw the grain up, the wind blows the chaff away, and the good grain falls down together. What Satan was trying to do is get Peter out of fellowship, and for a brief period of time, he did. I don't know Jesus. No, I don't know him. Blankety, blankety, blank. He begins to curse, denying that he knows Jesus. Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. How? Fellowship. I didn't think deeply. I didn't go into prayer. I just named it Calvary Chapel Fellowship. I didn't want to lose Calvary Chapel because for 34 years I've been associated with a ministry called Calvary Chapel. I'm still associated with a ministry called Calvary Chapel. But this is Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We want to be an Acts 2.42 church. Only way we can be an Acts 2.42 church is if people in the fellowship want to do what Acts 2.42 says. They devoted themselves to the teaching and to the fellowship. Here's the third and last point. First point, God has made a refuge for all of us in Jesus. And everybody needs a refuge because the enemy's out to get us. And we've all sinned. Second lesson is there was no protection if you go outside the boundaries God had set. Only through Jesus. And the safest place to be is the church. Third and final lesson. And this is where decisions, I pray, will be made. God intends his people, his church, to be a community and communities where people can find refuge. A shelter from pursuit or danger or trouble. A person or place offering this. A person, thing, or course resorted to in difficulty. They may not have killed somebody, but they're going through such a difficult time. And they need a place to go. And there's sometimes you don't need a Bible study. You just need people that love you. People you can hang out with. People you can have a burger with. People you can play dominoes with. People you can go kayaking with. People you can go catching with. And if you haven't gotten to the catching yet, you can go fishing and pray. The invitation is, if you don't know Jesus, receive Jesus. But the second invitation, this is for most of us, we become part of the fellowship. 
The people of Israel weren't equipped to fight battles. They had no military training and little provisions to speak of as they entered a land already occupied by people they themselves described as giants. God had committed to giving them the land though, and they were ready to trust his promise no matter what he asked them to do. As we continue to study in the book of Joshua, we'll discover just how faithful God is, but also how strange his methods can seem at times. Is God doing something strange in your life right now? Or is he asking you to do something that makes no sense at all? If so, trust him. He's got a plan up his sleeve, and as we learn from the book of Joshua, his plans always work out. And when it's successful, God will be the only one who will be able to take the glory. We know how hard the journey of faith can be, so we'd like to support you in prayer. Please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. We're so glad you tuned in today to The Living Word. Pastor Danny will continue this verse-by-verse study of Joshua on our next edition. But right now, you can hear more by visiting our website ccfstpete.church. There you'll also be able to learn more about Pastor Danny and the church these messages originate from, Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We'd like to meet you, so if you're in the area, please come join us for one of our weekend services. You'll find all the information you need at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time for more from Joshua right here on The Living Word.